0: The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program.
1: Welcome in to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. And for the next hour, we look forward to spending time with you to talk about managing your wealth and to help you grow your nest egg because retirement is important, financial independence, however you want to look at it. We look at it like something that you can be in charge of, something that Josh can help you get to a point where you don't have those uh, late life financial concerns. There are a lot of new things that come into your life now with end of life care and things that Previously, we not part of the situation. A lot of people's financial situations have changed. It's somewhat of an oddity now for someone to work for a company for 30 years and have a pension. You probably have a couple different pieces to your career. You may have a couple different pieces to your livelihood at this point in time, but Aptus can pull all those together for you, and they offer you the opportunity for a free consultation with no obligation so that you can discuss these aspects of saving and really, more importantly, investing for retirement with them because if you just sit on a static nest egg, it's not going to grow at the rate that it needs to grow. And that is what they specialize in at Aptus. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Their telephone number to set up your free consultation is 614 917 1040. 614 917 1040. You can also make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, APTUS, aptuswealth.com. So, Josh, welcome in today. And we had inflation numbers this week. We always kind of like to start with our current event situation. And the inflation number uh, is one that you can argue is the exact same. You can argue that it's inching up a little higher. It depends upon whether you're looking at the overall rate or whether you're looking at the producer price index, but generally just your takeaway from inflation. And then we'll extrapolate that forward on where we are as it concerns uh, your specialty in helping people save for their retirement and invest for their retirement. I would say the fact that the inflation number didn't come down probably points to the
0: direction that the Fed will, at some point in the future, probably tick up interest rates one more time, which they've already kind of referenced they believe will be the case. Um, but the fact that it didn't rise dramatically, it basically stayed flat, is a good signal. Um, the other good signal, obviously, is you know that it's not going up that means that they haven't raised interest rates yet which means that housing price housing mortgage rates haven't gone up yet and real wages are having a chance to kind of somewhat catch up
1: so let's go through some of the numbers it says us inflation for september came in at levels higher than expected on higher prices for energy products and food the producer price index rose 1 it rose 0.5% last month as compared to 0.7% In August, wholesale goods prices gained 0.9%, a 3.3% rise in the cost of energy products. And that's the number that I think is problematic or scary with the situation that's going on in the Middle East, is energy, I think, played into the 9.1% inflation we had when it was at its apex a year or so ago. And I think now, because of this very, very sad situation in the Middle East, energy is the wild card and energy is – something that could really introduce uh, some dire effects here on financial numbers across the board. Yeah, and we could certainly point towards, you
0: know, some policy changes towards the beginning of the current administration and putting us, in my opinion, you know, a a much worse position in the way of our own oil reserves um and, you know, shutting down the pipeline uh out of Canada. And I think we might end up feeling the repercussions of that if this you know, conflict in the Middle East continues on as it looks like it's going to for at least the immediate future. But, you know, if you look at oil prices throughout history, they've kind of been a wild card in all times, uh, regardless of whether or not there's a war going on or not. You know, I filled up at the pump uh, just yesterday and I looked at the prices versus what they were a year ago and Mm -hmm. I went, so why are they where they're at? It doesn't really make any, any sense. So I think there's, you know, some price controlling going on there. But You know, you're absolutely right. Oil prices has a dramatic impact on the price that we pay for everything because we get to get those goods and services across the
1: country in some way. Uh, So it's always a wild card and always a concern. Well, and I think, too, Josh, the energy is so complex that I have not been out a lot. Uh, My recovery is going well here from the diagnosis of, uh, of cancer that I got recently. But I was out and I just noticed, you know, you happen to look across, oh, gas is like 303. I'm like, okay, well, it hasn't gone crazy. Now I know it's higher than that now, because that was a while ago, but in a conversation with my in-laws in Arizona, they're in full panic mode because they're at four eighty. So when you try to view something and I view inflation, uh, excuse me, investing, I don't feel as any appreciably different for somebody in central Ohio as it is for somebody in the Valley of Arizona, the Valley of the Sun. Those are two kind of you you have all have the same vehicles available to you, you all have the same options available to you. So you're all in the same situation. But if you live in a place where they're paying 480 for gas and you live in a place where you're paying $3 for gas, that's a huge difference in terms of goods getting to your market, getting to your local grocery store and impacting your own personal financial situation.
0: Yeah. And I I think we're starting to see, you know, not to reflect back on policy and, you know, uh, politics of the whole thing, but different States are starting to feel the, uh, the outcome of their policies. You know, if you look at States like California, for example, it's, Incredibly expensive to live in California, incredibly expensive to live in New York, and obviously more expensive to live in Arizona than it is uh, here in central Ohio. But you have a decision, right? Yep. You can continue to live there or you can move. But from an investing perspective, you have to look at the US as an aggregate and say, how do I invest my money to take advantage of different things? And, you know, maybe today we'll talk a little bit about how do we make investment decisions and, how do we look at different categories and decide, you know, what looks like it's going to be positive and what looks like it's going to be negative, and then what decisions do we make based upon that?
1: And those investment decisions are consequential, folks. For you, and the time to make those decisions is now. The best time to commit to an investment plan, to an Aptus retirement blueprint, and believe me, as a client of Josh and Aptus Wealth Management, there is a blueprint, and you are in charge of that process. You absolutely are equipped with the information that you need to make a prudent decision. And what my wife and I found when we went in and met with Josh is that as we were exposed to the information and it filtered through the prism of what our financial assets were that we were in position to invest, is that really uh, the things that made sense for us were just the practical solutions that you know would offer us returns, would mitigate our risk, would give us the peace of mind that we have gained and. The fear that we hoped to escape was that we'd make the, quote, big mistake and not have time later in life to atone for or to compensate for that big mistake. So that's what we gained from our experience sitting for the free consultation with Aptus. We uh, certainly – I certainly – uh, would uh, tell you that that is a smart use of your time because there is no obligation to it. 614-917-1040 is the number at Aptus to go in and have the conversation with Josh. You hear him talk with me every week and explain things to me. And I think we do it in a pretty conversational, understandable way. Your meeting with him will go the exact same way. And then you can make a decision as to what you're going to do. 614-917-1040. Set it up online. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, com. So while we can talk about Josh, the, Energy and this and that and the other and what might happen. What is inarguable is we have to get inflation down. We have to get inflation down to get back to the point where we have uh, prosperous and fruitful investing options out there and mitigate our risk. And so the Fed is trying to get interest rates to a point where it just cools things down and gets us into a situation. But uh, I don't know. Uh, we're still at 3.7. And that looks really good compared to when it was 9.1. But the number that they want it to be is 2%. And if my math still works from high school, 3.7 is pretty perilously close to twice as high as they'd like it. Well, and we're kind of caught in a little bit of a, a whippo wheel here in
0: that we have inflation that we want to get down. And one of the tools that we use to lower inflation is rising interest rates. But when we raise interest rates, then we have a, a subsequent problem, and that is that we have we're a deficit spending country currently. And we have a significant deficit that we're adding to um, that you know no politician wants to talk about, the fact that we're we're adding to our deficit every single day. And every time we add to the deficit, we have to issue treasuries at higher rates because interest rates are higher. So our debt position is growing and the service payments on those debt is growing. So on one hand, of course, we want a prosperous country. Uh, that we can you know, grow and then in turn create a tax revenue to overcome our debt service. But on the other hand, our debt service is growing exponentially. So they're kind of in this uh, juxtaposed position where they go, well, you know, we're kind of darned if we do, darned if we don't. And that Goldilocks, hopefully we can bring it in for a soft landing is what the Fed's trying to accomplish.
1: And inflation is never more uh, ravenous than if you're uh- – already retired, and you, uh, your money then is worth less because you were paying, let's say, $2.50 for gas, and now you have to pay $3.50 for gas. That money's got to come from somewhere. You're probably not uh, accounting for that with a big increase in your investment income because when you get into a later stage in life, you go more conservative, so the returns are more conservative. However, uh, most Americans are recipients of Social Security. And last year, they got an astronomical, and I may be right in saying this, the highest ever cost of living adjustment in their Social Security payments. They went up 8.7% from 2022 to 2023. So you got a much bigger check to cope with that inflation. We now have the numbers as to what the cost of living increase will be for 2024. It's 3.2%. What does that number tell you about where we are? Well, it tells me that you know the general belief is that inflation really is in the three
0: percent. Um, but here's the challenge with Social Security always, and you know you're absolutely right. It hasn't been over six percent since the early '80s, and we had it over eight percent last year, and then the year before, you know we had an adjustment that was basically six percent at five point nine, and here we are at three two. But the challenge, and every time I talk to a client, is they say, "Yeah, I'm getting an inflation adjustment, but how much are you going to raise my Medicare premium? Mm-hmm. Because I'm getting a thousand dollars out of Social Security, and you give me." Uh, $50 raise, but you raise Medicare by $50, I don't actually get to feel it. Now, beneficially, last year, uh not only did we get an 8.7% cost of living adjustment on Social Security, but believe it or not, Medicare actually went down because of some drug changes. It actually lowered the, the price of Medicare. I don't know if that'll be the case this year. They haven't let us know. So I would say this is uncertain good news we really don't know what's what it'll come out to be
1: so you're talking about medicare part b premium for 2024 which has not yet been announced the typical medicare part b premium payments are deducted from your social security checks the trustees of medicare have projected the average monthly premium may be about 175 dollars in 2024 up from 165 dollars in 2023, so this enables you as a someone who's receiving senior uh, uh, receiving Social Security to get a lot of things like you know your your Medicare your medical care is paid for. Or I may be overstepping my bounds there, but it looks like the increase that they're decreasing <laughs> your check by is ten dollars a month, which is doable, but not yet official yet. Well, if you think about that ten dollars a month, let's use an example of you know if
0: you're getting a thousand dollars a month out of Social Security. And it goes up by $32, which is 3.2%. And then you take 10 bucks off of it. It's a third of your increase per thousand, right? Uh, So, you know, definitely could be an impact. Now the average, uh, social security recipient in the United States gets more than a thousand, but not much more than a thousand, believe it or not. Um, so that's a challenge and everybody has to pay Medicare part B. Now, I think as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, now that we're heading into fourth quarter here, uh, one thing that I always like to let people know is Medicare Part B, which is your doctor's piece of Medicare. Part A is your hospital. Part B is your doctor visits. Um, that premium is susceptible to change based upon your income level. And there's four to six, I think maybe five uh, different levels that you can pay for Medicare Part B. But what most people don't know is if you file separately separately, and one of you hops over a very small threshold. you skip go skip go go directly to jail. You go to the top category, so I've had tons of clients come in, and by the way, that top category is over four hundred and fifty dollars a person up from one
1: seventy five so projected. what have you done? quote-unquote wrong to get into that situation?
0: Yeah, so what happens is, let's say that, uh, and I'll be off on these numbers, so pardon me, but I'm pretty close. Yeah, these close. are just
1: generalizations, folks. Yeah,
0: somewhere between one hundred and seventy to $180,000 worth of joint income and under keeps you in that one seventy five category. Okay. As you start climbing in income it gradually increases your Medicare premium all the way up to a maximum that's over $450 a month a person. But in order to hit that category, you have to have a gross income of well over a half a million dollars, which very few people achieve in retirement or in life, for that matter. But if you file separately as a married couple...
1: To save money on your taxes. To save money on your taxes. That's
0: why you would do it. And let's say you talk to your tax preparer and they say... Well, you know, we saved you $300 by filing separately, and I'm only going to charge you an extra 100 bucks to do it. Okay, cool. It's a $200 net improvement. Yeah. I'll do it. Well, in that scenario of let's say it is $170 an under joint income to stay in the lowest category, if one of you were to leap over $85 because you put more income on one person versus the other, then you bypass all those interim values and you jump all the way up to $450 a month. So kudos, you saved two hundred bucks, mm. but it's costing you almost three hundred dollars a month more
1: for the next twelve months. So as Josh goes through that story, I'm reminded of the fact that he and I have had conversations before about things that weren't related to Social Security; they were related to like, the purchase of a vehicle or purchase of a boat or whatever. And here's the thing that I had never, re- I never considered before that I now consider is that any big financial transaction in your life, it is a good idea for you to run it past. Experts who can, in advance, tell you of things that might happen to expose you to increased cost, whether it's from a tax perspective, whether it's from a filing perspective. It's a good idea to integrate your team, which would include your financial uh, investment advisor, your attorney, all these people. Get these answers ahead of time before you do something that creates a a back-end problem or, in some cases, a problem that Really has a financial bite to it. And uh, I, I have learned to do that with uh, with Josh. Not that we're in a situation where we're making any of those luxury purchases, but if we were, I would certainly consult him. It's just another reason that it's prudent for you to sit for your free, no obligation consultation with APTIS, 614 917 1040. 614 917 1040 is their office number. Set it up. They're just off Route 750 in Lewis Center. If you don't know where that is, it's not far from 270 and 23. And if you're out of the area, and you're saying, wow, this sounds great. I'd like to at least sit and, and hear Josh's perspective on things and tell him where I am. They do service clients remotely. It can be set up remotely. But if you're in Central Ohio, I'd like to have you I'd like to look across the table from you and get to know you and have you get to know them. 614-917-1040. Their web address to make your appointment is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So as we were talking about uh, Social Security and all those kinds of things and Medicare Part B, um, it, it puts the White House in a situation where they're almost always addressing some kind of an economic metric, and one of the economic metrics that they have used to explain away or alleviate concern over some of the metrics that look bad, and a 9.1% inflation rate always looks bad, is to contend that real wages are up that this is also, you know, if if things cost more, your employer has to pay you more and your real wages are up. You and I were having a conversation before we recorded about where real wages are and what you notice about real wages, and that appears like that it might actually be some good news on real wages.
0: Yeah, I guess the bad news is after COVID, we had a sharp increase in the cost of housing, obviously. We had inflation skyrocket and wages take a while to catch up. We did have a spike in wages, but for, for about the past three years, Real wages have not kept up with inflation. If you look over the last couple of months, that has finally leveled the playing field. So theoretically, um, and again, again, this is theoretically because this is across all earners, not including farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, theoretically, we've caught back up to where we were before. Now, I don't necessarily know that that's a good thing. I mean, we want to be better than we were mm-hmm. before, but at least we've caught up. But I think the real challenge is for the people who are already retired they retired based upon, okay, I want to retire and I have this amount of money and I can generate this amount of income. And as long as I inflation doesn't creep up past 3%, I'll be fine. Well, that obviously has not been the case over the last few years. And what I'm seeing is a lot of folks um, are coming in and saying, you know, I'm renting. I thought I could retire. I had a pension. I had social security. I had some, you know, money saved up. I'm terrified about what the future looks like or, or, You know, we moved and we decided to move back to central Ohio and who would have thought we were gone for a year and now we can't afford the same house we left left from because it's darn near twice as expensive. Mm -hmm. So there's some challenges. And I think that really points to the value in stress testing your plan, which we always do. So we kind of take your plan, put it in a in a wind tunnel and then start throwing a bunch of stuff at it and see, can it weather the storm of rising inflation, increased taxes, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Well, and sadly, uh, there is another piece to that couple that you just uh, talked about who might be moving back here and got out of a home where they had a low mortgage. Now they're trying to get back into a home where they have a higher mortgage. And that's not the only thing that's going to change because the calendar falls such that our property taxes are assessed in an estimated way every so often. And then our property taxes, they actually have People who come out on-site, it's mandated, it's an actual physical on-site assessment, and this is that year. And everyone in Central Ohio, I believe, has had an eyes-on-site evaluation this year, and it's not just the big homes, it's every home. I mean, the Columbus City Schools is uh, having a levy on the ballot, and a lot of their voters are nervous about the proposed number of what it'll be because they haven't received yet the official notice of my property taxes are increasing In an inflationary economy, it's definitely going to be a tax increase for people. And so I think I can generally say from the stories that I've read, the research that I've done, that it's not outrageous to expect that anyone's property taxes in Central Ohio could increase this year by 30% without you putting a new master bedroom on your house, without you putting in a swimming pool or an ornate deck or anything like that. It's just that the assessment is going to – be competing to pull money out of your budget like the increase in gas prices like the increase in this that and the other talk about property taxes what you know of the reassessment and that being a piece of you tending to your clients as they're trying to invest as much as they can in their retirement yeah I mean that's an unfortunate byproduct of on one hand we go wow look
0: at how much the value of my house has gone up if I do need to move you know it kind of feels good mm-hmm. I bought a house for 300 grand and now it's worth 500 grand I feel pretty good about it but the downside is the real estate assessments. And I can tell you from a personal front, I got my assessment in the mail and it was over 30% increase. So it's very possible that others are going to feel the same way. So let's go back to that same client and say, well, they're moving back the house that they left that was worth 200,000, or let's say they never left. They had a house that they paid 250,000 for and now it's worth four or 450,000. They based their retirement. On general slow increases, the normal housing increase is 3 to 4%. And now here we are looking at it over a period of three years. You know, it's up 30, 40%. Does that damage the bottom line? Yes. What else does it damage? Well, what if you're renting? Mm. Do you think that landlords are just going to go, no, I got it. I, I got it. I'll cover it for you. I mean, I think we're in a really interesting raising rate environment. Um, or cost of living environment beyond what we're just seeing in the general inflation numbers. When we look at general inflation, we talk about things like food and fuel that doesn't necessarily take into account the real main street cost of living in my opinion. So I think it's more important now than ever to make sure that you have your ducks in a row, make sure that you have a, a war chest to handle any sort of unexpected and plan for all contingencies and then make sure you're not just following the herd and saying, I put all my money in these three funds because that's what everybody's kind of doing. Because remember, when the economy pulls back, that's usually when you feel the pinch the most. And the last thing that you want to have happen is feel the pinch in your investments, feel the pinch in everything that you have. You feel the pinch in all of
1: it all at the same time. That can be very dire, uh, somewhat. um, uh, It's a situation that you got to contend with. And in the old days, you could contend with it by, well, I'm going to go out and beat the bushes. I'm going to find another job. I'm going to get a $20,000 raise, and that'll fix my issues. That's not really that realistic and uh, available to people right now. But in order to provide practical solutions, and that's what they're about at Aptus 614-917-1040, aptuswealthcom make your appointment online at aptuswealth.com or by the phone, you can now take advantage of some of these market trends and things we've talked about, have introduced higher yields, higher returns, on what used to be viewed as investments that wouldn't work for me if I needed to do some of these things. So we're going to work toward in the second half of the show, but you got about a minute here, Josh, to talk about some of the bonds and treasuries and things that might be paying more than they were before that you could help offset some of these challenges.
0: Yeah, that's the good news. I mean, if you rewind the clock back a year ago, you know, money markets and savings accounts were essentially paying point nothing. Uh, But you look today and you can get money markets up north of 5% and savings accounts are in the mid fours, CDs, you know, you can push up into the uh, you know, almost five and a half range or higher. So, you know, there are a lot more options for those short term investments. I think the bigger concern is what do I do when I'm looking at longer term investments? Is the stock market still a spot?
1: Yeah, and one of those longer term investments that most Americans have had and put their money into and has been a true investment is their home. We've talked about mortgage rates, we've talked about the challenge of getting into a home that you can afford that you know, maybe for a while you could afford it, but now you can't. What if you're young? We talked a lot about social security recipients and people nearing retirement. What if the American dream, buying your own home and all those things, how accessible is that now? Is there a new strategy that young people can use to do that? That's what Josh and I'll be talking about here on the second half of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show, 614-917-1040, aptuswealth.com. Thanks for joining us here on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. Bruce Hooley and Josh Pick with you. And for the next half hour, we'll be talking about some practical solutions to some situations that really have changed. Uh, most of us, if you're, say, in your 40s and up, you probably have purchased a home at some point in time, and there was a way that you went about purchasing that home. Now, with current market conditions, you hear about the difficulty of people buying homes, and yet... Difficult situations don't mean that they're impossible to solve situations, and that's what they're about at Aptus Wealth Management is solving your financial situations. Typically, that means retirement. That is absolutely what they specialize in. I'm a client at Aptus. They offered me solutions to retirement situations that I was aware I was ill-equipped to handle myself or did not want to risk making a big mistake, working my entire life, investing, not getting the most out of my investments, losing my investments, having them in the wrong place. That's typically why people are open to the free consultation, no obligation at Aptus, so that you can sit down and hear their blueprint for how you can best arrive at financial independence later on in life. But a part of my arriving or hoping to arrive at financial independence was the purchase of my first home and the purchase of subsequent homes. And there's been kind of a progression in America over the years that people have followed to, Recognize that American dream and build on that American dream. Provide a good home for your family. Provide a good living for your family. Is that attainable now for someone in their twenties as they graduate college? They start to make their first real money. They start to establish independence financially and otherwise. It's challenging. We're going to go through the challenges and then we're going to talk about investment vehicles across the board that will be valuable information for you no matter where you are in life and valuable information for that young person. So, to set up your free consultation with Aptus, 614 917 1040. 614 917 1040. You can make your appointment online, Aptus Wealth, APTUS, aptuswealth.com. They're physically located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, and that is not far from the I 70 and uh, 23 interchange. So, Josh, you and I probably went through the same metric on buying our first house. You'd save a nest egg of money, you'd put down 10%. Uh, after you put down your 10%, you had a little bit left to work on, you'd improve your house, you'd uh, eventually maybe sell that house and move up to a bigger house. That is more challenging now for people because of high interest rates which has been brought on by inflation. Uh, houses cost more. Run through the differences in the kind of home a person can afford, just generally kind of uh, ballpark it for us when mortgage rates were around 3% which they were for a long time since the housing crisis of 2008 and now we see 30-year mortgage interest rates at 8%. Yeah, well,
0: and you know I hear this a lot too that well back when I was a kid, you know, back in the 80s interest rates were 14 or 15% and that that that's true they got higher than that. But if you look at the wage progression in $15,000 and the rate is now approximately 8%. So that same home that in 2019 you could put approximately $40,000 down on and have a payment of 632 bucks a month is now I got to come up with more than 60 grand and it's going to cost me about 1850 bucks a month. So really the price of inflation has not been this oh it went up a lot by 9% it went a lot but no it your payment tripled and the amount of money that you have to come up with as a down payment went up by a third.
1: And For me, like my first house was the modest three bedroom, one bath ranch. Okay. So, and it took everything I had to afford that. Um, Those houses now, every house goes up in value. Every house goes up in price, rather. (laughs) You know, you can't buy a one bedroom, no bath house. So, this kind of came to me as a dilemma when I was interacting with uh, a nurse in, uh, in the hospital and she was 25 years old. And, now, I remember being twenty five and having dreams, and we've equated home ownership to the American dream and I started to have a conversation with her about what her dreams are and how you attain those dreams and nothing that she talked to me about was related to home ownership, which I found strange, but then I thought, well, she's an educated person, she's a smart person. you don't really spend a lot of time focusing on something that's not a realistic goal for you and How do or can we make home ownership for that mid-20s professional, how can we make it happen? So I was thinking through the prism of my relationship with you, and you are charged with my investments and growing my investments so that when I get uh, to a point where I don't want to work every day, uh, I'm financially independent. And I thought about, is there a different approach for young people? Does there need to be a different approach for young people to buy a home? I saved my $10,000. I put $8,000 down as a 10% down payment. I had $2,000 to play with for home improvements. And I basically felt like I was a renter. I paid my monthly payment and tried to build back my savings. It doesn't sound like from those numbers you just outlined, that's possible or feasible for kids. But kids can invest, and you're somebody who specializes in investing. Can we solve this problem through getting that nest egg to buy a home Through a different path. And if so, let's workshop that for folks.
0: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a serious challenge. And of course, that challenge has to be met with discipline and foregoing of instant gratification and focusing on the future, which is exactly what you did. You said, I looked at this like it was still my rent payment and I was putting money back in my pocket. So for some people, quite frankly, at rates that we're at right now, who can't figure out a way to have discipline, I would say it's completely unattainable. But we also have to address what a big challenge it is. I mean, I think, you know, as I talk to, you know, my mother, for example, she goes, well, when we bought our first house, it was, you know, rates were 17% or whatever they were. When you look at wages, the cost increase of homes and the current rates that we're at, when you compare payments, home ownership is less affordable today than it was in the 80s. So I think, you know, it's important to understand what the elephant in the room is. And let's let's address the challenges, of just what it is. It's a significant challenge. Now, I think a lot of young folks today don't want to own a house. They want to be very mobile, uh, because now if there's been one byproduct of COVID, a lot of people can work remote. So they want to have this nimbleness where they get to travel and go around the country. So part of that's a byproduct of that. But for most and for the solidarity of the country, homeownership definitely lands roots in a community, and it's better for an area, uh, less crime, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So if you have someone like I have a teenage daughter, barely a teenager, she's still in college, she's just in college, she won't be a teenager much longer, and then I have two other teenage daughters. If you're, as a parent, thinking about how can I help my child attain the American dream or how can I help them just get on solid financial footing, maybe you're thinking about this the way that I'm thinking about this. And maybe these are parts of the conversation that you have with Josh when you sit with he and the Aptis team for your free consultation. 614-917-1040 is their phone number. You can set up your appointment online, aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. It's a free, no-obligation consultation. Just get to know each other and uh, maybe discuss some of these financial issues, and you might find that uh, the insight and the uh, information that you exchange will lead you to a decision on whether you want to pursue the same relationship with Aptus that my wife and I have, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. You make a great point about the way young people think, and they think differently than I did. I was told, like, you're. I, was, I paid rent. I came to Columbus, Ohio. My first really – I knew I was in my – what I thought was my forever job, and I ended up having it for 18 years. And so I wanted to make smart decisions. I was going to be in Central Ohio for a while. My brother said, you know, you've spent for a year renting the the townhouse, the nice townhouse, because you're celebrating kind of your success, but that money's not doing any good for you. You're giving it to someone else. You need to build some equity. He explained it to me. You could pay the same amount for your monthly payment and get equity. That resonated. But – As you said, that's not how young people think now. So is my thinking antiquated on kids being financially successful long term, putting on them what I viewed as the best way to do that, which was home ownership. Maybe they don't need to do that anymore. Maybe I'm the one with the flawed mindset. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. But I
0: think, you know, as you look at your long term goals, if you look at the millionaires in the United States, most of them own homes. So there's obviously got to be some sort of, you know, an, at least anecdotal evidence that home ownership helps promote sound decisions down the line. So if you want to start saving for a down payment, first discipline, first savings. But I guess there are some good news. The good news is rates are a heck of a lot higher today than they were five years ago when you were saving towards that down payment. I mean, if you have $10,000 in the bank today, you know, you're getting at least $500 a year in interest, which is A hell of a lot better than it was three, four years ago. Big time. There are other options, though. You know, as you look at, you'd say, well, is it better for me to invest in the stock market? Well, not necessarily. It depends on how much time you want to put it away for, or you're kind of rolling the dice on what the market's going to do. But there are instruments that allow you to hedge the downside of what the market does and give you an opportunity for a much more significant upside. So I'll give you examples that we've talked about before. You know, you might be more inclined to invest in the stock market if you said, I'm really aiming to be able to afford my own house five years from now. And as long as I could protect against 20% of the downside, but I still was able to achieve 10, 11, 12% of the upside, that gives me a potential better return over the next five years than the 5% I can get in a money market account. Mm -hmm. So maybe you kind of split the loaf in half and do a little bit of both. So there's definitely better instruments to save towards that home ownership goal. Homeownership still has significant value in that you can borrow against it. You can do some other things. And if you're a parent and you're saying, you know, I see what's happening with my kids. They're very fiscally prudent. I'm not worried about them being spendthrifts. And I would like to try and set them up for that type of scenario later. Maybe your kids in high school has a part time job. You know, you can start doing some things there, too, saving for them that would either help them in their retirement or help them now if you're in the fortunate position to be able to do that.
1: The one thing that I've learned doing this show, the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show with Josh, is that it seems to me that the investment community, if you will, or the investment world is always coming up with new twists, new offers, new this, new that's ways to uh, help you, uh, they want your business, okay? So they have to provide an enticing return, or at least an alluring return. And confidential. I mean, not confidentially, I'm saying it on the air, like, Josh put my wife and I in some vehicles that I didn't even know were available to us that offered us some of the upside of the market, protected against some of the downside of the market. And so we also have, as we've talked about here, and particularly in the first segment today and through recent shows, that we're in a different kind of a weird era where the inverted yield curve is no more complicated than it confounds what has typically been true, which is typically the longer you let someone have your money, the higher return you get. Now, the shorter you let somebody have your money, you're getting a higher return than longer term, which could work for that young prospective homebuyer, Josh, who wants to take some money they have right now, and know what my absolute return will be in a couple years. That inverted yield curve can work. Maybe the price of bonds can work. Maybe those are vehicles they should look at.
0: Well, and, and not just for homeownership. I'll give you a personal example. You know, I have a five twenty nine plan for my kids. So I have a senior in high school now. Well, for the longest time, it was invested in the stock market. Well, as we entered into the beginning of twenty twenty two. And I saw interest rates starting to rise. I pulled that a significant chunk of that money for my senior who's going to need the money in a year or two out of the market and put it into safer instruments. Well, I just basically put it in a money market that was earning nothing. I just sat this one out. But then look at this year and I was able to put it in CDs Mm -hmm. that are earning, you know, five plus percent over the next, you know, I laddered them out three, six, nine months. And now I know definitively when he starts college, I know exactly how much money he's going to have. I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the market. And who would have thought that I would have been able to do that at north of 5%. That's a remarkable return. So, you know, there's plenty of times where that makes sense. If you have a goal that's only a year off, don't roll the dice. Just take the definitive answer.
1: You've been doing this for a long time, and I'm just wondering as you outline that scenario – Is there always a counterpunch to the punch that the economy gives you, and it's a matter of researching, planning, foresight, and those kinds of things? Or are there times where things get so bad that uh, the alternatives aren't maybe as attractive or as reliable as they are now with some of these Inverted yield curves and bonds and things like that that afforded you the peace of mind that you just talked about with your son's situation. Yeah,
0: you know, there's an adage in the business that says there's a bull market somewhere. There's always a bull market somewhere. Now, I, I think that's an oversimplification. Oversimplica- you know, is there a, always a bull market somewhere? Usually, but sometimes sinking tides just kind of sink all ships. Think back to, you know, COVID, for yeah. example. I mean, there really wasn't a good place to run and hide. But the way that we look at investing is where should we be? Now, we are by no means market timers. Uh, that is a losing proposition that very, very rarely works. But I think you should start to lean into certain sectors and lean away from certain sectors. So what we do is we look at, let's just define a category as U.S. equities, so the U.S. stock market. Are we bullish or bearish on the U.S. stock market? And then there's subcategories within that. Large cap growth, large cap value, et cetera, small companies, sized companies. What do we think about the international markets? You know, is, is Japan a good place to be? Is Europe a good place to be? And obviously that has issues as we're looking at what's happening over in the Middle East. And then what about bonds? There's bonds isn't just this lump category that you put money into. There's treasuries. There's short term, long term. There's, uh, you know, credit bonds, uh, which we call high yield, which used to be called the old junk bonds. <laughs> Um, and then you kind of go down the category of what about insurance products? What about CDs? What about money markets? What about commodities, gold, right? All these different things. And you kind of go, what is our opinion if the market goes well in today's economy? What's going to be the driver of that? And if the market goes poorly, what's going to be the driver of that? Now, are we perfect every time? Of course not. But we can't ignore the fact that there are certain things that trigger certain responses. Right. If we start printing five trillion dollars, regardless of what our president says, everybody knew in my community, at least knew inflation was around the corner. So how should you invest knowing that that's coming? Doesn't mean that you can you know, time it perfectly and make a bazillion dollars and do the big short.
1: But it does mean that you can lean away. So if you think back to what Josh said about there's always a bull market somewhere, that's great news. Is it great news if you can't find it? Wouldn't it make sense to sit with the Aptus team and talk about them, uh, talk with them, rather, about their process in terms of how they find it? That is a question that is absolutely fair to ask, and that is a question that I know Josh won't have any problem with you asking him. He's perfectly transparent on how they do what they do, and that's information can be exchanged during the free no obligation consultation that you set up with them 614-917-1040 to do that 614-917-1040 they're Web address, which you can also make your appointment online, is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. They are located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. That's not far from 23 and 270. They do service clients outside the area. For local clients, they would like to have their meetings with you, particularly the consultation in person, because it just drives better communication and more transparent communication. So when we think about all these things Josh, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the adjustments that uh, you've deemed to be prudent over the past uh, year two and uh, you know why you did what you did and what things you might be looking at going forward.
0: You know, if you look back at 2022 and the rising inflation environment that we kind of knew was coming because of the rising interest rate environment, that's a negative uh, situation for bonds, particularly long-term bonds. So it made sense for us to shorten up the duration of our bond portfolio. Well, if you look at the Lehman Brothers Aggregate Bond Index as a whole, uh, bonds were down roughly 13% last year. If you look at short-term bonds, they were down very low single digits, if down at all. Um, If you look moving forward, and let's say you're a pessimist and you believe that the country is facing an uphill battle or we have a lot of downward pressure on the economy because of all the things that we've talked about today, um, you have some folks saying, well, you know, stock market looks very risky. Maybe now's the time to go to high yield. Well, if you run to high yield, high yield used to be called junk bonds, mm-hmm. which means bonds are rated like grades in school. So you have A-rated bonds, B-rated bonds, et cetera. Well, junk bonds are the ones that are the lower credit worthiness that pay a higher interest rate. On the surface, you'd go, why would I mess with the stock market when I can get 7 8% in my bond portfolio? But what that doesn't address is the credit risk associated with those bonds defaulting if we get into an economic situation where people start defaulting on their loans, which is essentially what they're doing. So you start looking at all these different things and you say, well, you know, if you look at the stock market year to date, growth is really there are 10 stocks that have driven the lion's share, let's call it yeah. 95 plus percent of the yeah, return and
1: Nvidia and some others really boomed and others were pretty flat, leaning really heavily
0: into the technology sector. So you'd say, well, you know, I'm nervous about this. Well, there's a couple ways you can address that. One, you could look at stocks that have not had that significant run up that still have really strong balance sheets. Think of them as value stocks like Coca-Cola and Procter and Gamble, et cetera. Or you could say, I know I can't get out of the market because I have to try and match inflation. But if there's a way that you could tell me that I could at least hedge the downside up to a certain threshold, if the market goes down 30 and I only go down 10, that's palatable to me because I know it's a long-term play. But I also want to grab as much upside as I can, and there's not too much evidence that I'm seeing that it's going to do more than 10 11 12%. Matter of fact, I'm more pessimistic than that, so if you could give me an upward cap of, 10, 11, 12%. That means, in my opinion, I'd be grabbing the lion's share of the return and eliminating my downside risk. And I think what you need to do is not make knee-jerk reactions where you say, well, you know, I'm scared. I'm going to pull out of the market. I'm going to put it all on fixed. Or uh, everybody seems to be making tons of money in the market. I have a fear of missing out, so I'm going to jump in. Yeah. In reality, what you need to do is be truthful with yourself and your emotions and say, what do I need to do to make this palatable to me? But what do I have to do to achieve my goals. And then who do I trust who has history to kind of look through the lens of all these new nuanced investments that maybe I'm not aware of that has kind of a decoder ring of understanding to decide whether or not these are good choices.
1: Yeah, pick up your ball and go home is a petulant response on the playground, and it's not a prudent response in financial situations either. And being reactive as opposed to proactive is not a good situation either. That's another reason to sit for your free consultation, 614 917 or set it up online, aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. So in the about two minutes we have left here, uh, let's talk through somebody comes in for the consultation. How does that process work? What kind of questions can they expect? What kind of information are you looking for from them so that they can get to know you better? Yeah. So meeting number one, just a discovery meeting. Just want to find out what you're trying to
0: do. Uh, Are we the right fit for you? We're not going to answer that question necessarily in the first meeting. It's a long form discussion over a few meetings to decide if we're a good fit and if you're a good fit for us. Um, but in that first meeting, if you're expecting at the end of it to have some sort of sales pitch, it's not coming. Uh, we're just going to find out what you're trying to achieve. The more you bring with you regarding your financial life, the better. If you don't bring it the first time, we're going to need it the second time anyway, so you might as well bring it. In that second meeting, we're going to analyze all of that and show you if you keep doing what you're doing, is you are going to hit the target and start to uncover other ways that we can improve this situation. Some of which you might have thought of, some of which you might not have. The third meeting will give you the actual blueprint, and at that point, we decide. Is, now, is it a good time for us to move forward? Is this a good fit? At which point, then we go through that paperwork process. Yeah.
1: And that decision is driven, of course, by the client. I mean, there's no arm twisting. There's no requiring. You have uh, presented yourself transparently to them. Hopefully, they've done the same for you. And that is a process that my wife, Sherry, and I engaged in. Josh and I did this show together. We did 1230s Mondays on the air for more than two and a half years. And I always wondered, like, is this guy ever going to ask me if I'm interested in coming in? He never did. So, he's not out there beating the bushes to attract clients. He's out there being who he is. And if clients come to him, that's great. And we've forged a friendship and trust. And I can't, uh, I, I just can't even equate the peace of mind that that gives us. So, set up your consultation if you're interested. 614 917 1040. 614 917 1040. Or aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S. Josh, always great to see you. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. You as well. Thanks, Bruce.
0: The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program